0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this fun podcast. I think it's fun. It's called When I'm High. And this episode is the very first episode of a brand new interview. All the other ones you've heard were pre-recorded, pre-edited, bunch of people talking in one episode. But here we have today. Uh, Well, I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Abdullah, tell, tell the people
1: who you are. Hey, uh, I'm Abdullah Said uh, and I'm a TV producer and screenwriter and I've made a whole bunch of cannabis media
0: and one of those uh, pieces of media is actually how I found out about you. It's uh, your podcast called um, Great Great Moments in Weed History. Do I yeah. have that
1: right? Yes, that's right. That's right, Spencer.
0: Everybody should go listen to this podcast. They go through history. Old history, new history, and they're all great moments in weed history. Oh, and I can sort of hear you guys say that in my head when I even say it, because I've listened to every single episode. Yeah. So thank you thank you for, for doing this. Um, I know your time is short, so we are going to get into the questions. Um, first, I would love you to just um, tell me one of your favorite stories in your personal life uh, related to weed.
1: Right. Wow. There's so many. Uh, my life has definitely been... Uh, very cannabis involved for a long time. Uh, I certainly smoked a lot of cannabis as a teenager and very quickly became, uh, you know, it, it enamored with the, the politics and history around cannabis because there's just, I mean, the more you learn, the less you know. Ah, to pick an individual moment. Um, hmm. What was the prompt again? Like j- just one that stands out or something like positive?
0: Yeah. Just the first one that comes to mind doesn't have to be your favorite or anything. Just any
1: anything. Right, sure. Um, I guess uh, my first dab was definitely interesting because I'd been smoking weed for several years at that point. Uh, You know, I'd been smoking weed for probably I don't know, yeah, twelve years or something, right? And you never really get as high as you got when you were a teenager. And I remember taking my first dab. Uh, it was with a subject who I ended up filming with. I, I did a Vice documentary called uh, Intro to BHO, and it was actually the very first Weedikit, uh video on Vice. And, yeah, I just remember getting so stoned and was like, oh, my God. Like, I did not think I would be able to recapture this level of being high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out Rabbit, uh, which is the code name of, of the – the fellow that gave me my first dab. Nice, yeah. I've heard that's what dabs
0: are like. It's like uh sort of uh, becoming a virgin again. I'm like, oh, this is what it's been like. This is the high <laughs> yeah. that I've been chasing all these years. It's true. Nice. All right. Well, we are going to get right into the meat of this after that great story. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more involved in that story, so we'll we'll save that for another time. Um, in a, in a very high-level general sense, because we're going to get into some specifics after this, but in a high-level, uh, pun intended, what does it
1: feel like to be high? So I would say there are three components to what it feels like to be high, right? Uh, one of them is a sort of like a, a euphoria, right? You feel joy, uh, I think. very basically Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are are like uh, no like I call that like extreme paranoia or whatever right but but Mm -hmm. I think that you know if you use cannabis correctly uh, you feel a lot of joy like you know you, you actually feel happy and you feel excited about stuff like, I smoke weed when I write a lot and I get excited about the things that I'm writing very often I, I'll get excited about what I'm eating more if, if I'm stoned right so I think there's, there's mm-hmm. that basic excitement There's like a body high right I think there's a sort of mellowness or looseness that you get, uh, you know, now we're discovering that cannabinoids have different anti-inflammatory effects. So you know, like, it's no surprise that when you smoke weed, you feel a little bit looser in, in your body, right? And then there's the psychological connectivity, uh, you know, and this is something you experience in, in more extreme forms, I think, you know, on, on some psychedelics. but. The idea that there is a general connectivity, you start to see connections in things that you didn't before. You start to recognize patterns that you didn't before. Uh, and, yeah, so that's how, if I had to break it down scientifically, which I guess we don't, <laughs> but <laughs> but if I did, that's that's how I would say it.
0: Yeah, I like that, especially the the thing about, you know, seeing connections, noticing connections. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, and I think, if I understand correctly, that there are literal connections between your neur- neurons in your brain actually being made uh, that maybe weren't there before.
1: Yeah, there's, there's certainly a, a sort of uh, rewiring. I'm not a, a scientist, but I've definitely read... Um, Read some documentation On how cannabis affects your brain Synapses right Synapses Mm -hmm. however that's pronounced Um, But yeah and that you know Cannabis is used uh, For PTSD for you know uh, People with, with psychological Or emotional trauma So you know we're learning more and more Of course cannabis was banned for study Through our greatest period of Scientific discovery So of course there's so many things that we're just Learning now um but yeah one of them is that it has an effect on your brain i mean look uh, you know the nfl is talking about allowing players to smoke cannabis now this is something i was reporting about back in like 2013 2014 uh is that you know the nfl should allow cannabis because in fact uh it'll alleviate the potential brain injury that you know is uh, amounting to a whole litany of lawsuits against the league for allowing you know such a such violent gameplay and pumping people up with uh you know uh painkillers and sending them back into the game like cannabis is the answer you know and uh the world's finally discovering that
0: yeah it's definitely a start that'll be really interesting to see where that goes over the next few years especially as states start to uh legalize it more and more yeah well so you mentioned food a little bit ago yeah can you tell me what how is food different what's what's your um experience of Mm. food like when you're high and you can also talk about the munchies if that's something that you experience as well
1: right so i you know definitely occasionally get the munchies but it's not one of my immediate reactions when i get high Uh, i don't really plan to smoke before i eat you know very often uh usually i just kind of maintain a a baseline stoneness throughout the day And I think it does help my appetite I definitely have moments where I snack That usually happens late at night Well, Where I'll eat a bunch of garbage And certainly when I was younger I would succumb to the munchies, right? I mean, the, the thing that comes to mind is In New Jersey, uh, you know You could get stuff off the 99 cent value meal at Wendy's and it was ninety nine cents with tax. It would come to a dollar five. So if you get four things, how much does that cost? Four dollars <laughs> and twenty cents. And of course, that was like the thing, you know. For four dollars and twenty cents, you get a burger and a nuggets and a fries and a drink, and you know, who knows like what grade F meat. Perhaps Wendy's is slightly right. better than some other options. But, um, yeah. So, but I also. Uh, of, you know, ha- uh, worked a lot with uh, cannabis-infused food on uh, the show that I produced and hosted, Bon Appetit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that that also is an interesting intersection of food and, and cannabis. Because really what you start to realize, and this is kind of the thesis of much of my work in drug journalism, right? Is that the lines that we have drawn between food, drugs, and medicine are imaginary, right? Like all the other lines that we've drawn, essentially. But but th- th- these are the lines that concern me, right? Uh, if you look at something like the United States federal schedule for illegal drugs, it's like literally like it's upside down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be- be- because it's based on bullshit. Um, you know, the most dangerous drugs are ranked low and the least dangerous drugs are ranked high, you know, MDMA, cannabis, psilocybin, LSD, which are now starting to be used, uh, as, you know, uh, therapeutic medicines for, for people with psychological and emotional issues. Those are, I mean, like, and, and then the drugs that are killing people, uh, pseudo opioids and whatnot, they're like, uh, lower down on the schedule they're like in three or, or four like I, I don't know it's that's just kind of i'm sorry i lost track of uh, your original question no no that's fine i actually I'll, i
0: can bring it back um because we were talking about food and and what you said about how the the schedules of drugs are kind of upside down that's yeah. actually very related to food because this is definitely not a rabbit hole i'm going to get down right now but mm. the government subsidizes the industries that are unhealthy for us, meat yes. and dairy. We know Absolutely. scientifically that stuff is unhealthy. They subsidize the healthy industries a little bit, but it's nowhere near as much, and that is completely backwards. They are making so it true. easier and cheaper for us to get the unhealthy foods to make us unhealthy, but it's the other foods that we are being pushed away from because they are... It's the healthy <laughs> foods that we are being pushed away from because they are more expensive,
1: more expensive than they should be. Man, you are speaking my language, Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's very interesting. I'm definitely going to look into it. You said uh, dairy and wheat, right? Because like... No, actually, meat. Oh, and meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, man. Yeah, meat is... uh, That's the thing. You know, I I grew up in Thailand in a Pakistani family. Meat is very important to me. You know, in the beginning of my career, I was very inspired by eating pork. You know, but... As I get older, I realize that, you know, oh, my God, this is one of the most destructive things uh, that we do on this fucking planet is, is the meat industry. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: nobody wants to hear us talk about that anymore. You and I can talk about that more later. <laughs> um, it's definitely something I think a lot about. Um, mm. So, back to cannabis and what does it feel like? What, what is your sense of time like when you get mm. high?
1: Hm. Mm. Um, You know, my sense of time fluctuates based on so many other factors that it's it's really hard to say. I remember when I was younger that, you know, you would start playing video games and you'd think five minutes have gone by, but you, you know, step outside and, and it's dark out or something like that. Like, you know, like that would definitely happen. I don't think it slows it down very often. I mean, I've definitely been in situations. I You know what? Let's just say... It, it fits with the time flies when you're having fun thing. Like if you're stoned mm-hmm. and you're having a good time, uh, it, you know, the minutes just fly by. But if you're stoned and you're like stuck somewhere like this is a thing I never understood being stoned in school. I was only stoned in school a couple times because I was like, I don't want to waste my weed. Being stoned in school because you sit in a classroom and the clock seems to go backwards, right? Right. And you're like, oh, my God. It's so it, it sort of accentuates uh, what what you would be feeling normally. And, and, and I think that that's a good way to describe it all around is everything yeah. is heightened, right? Everything is like if you see a person, you know, that looks funny to you, they're going to look even funnier. And if they look scary to you, they're going to look even scarier or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely um, yeah.
0: that enhancement. So sort of on the same level, um, wh- how does your level of focus change?
1: Right. You know, I think that's an interesting point. I think that I tell myself that I'm much more focused when I'm stoned, but in fact that uh, I can be unfocused, but even my unfocused time when I'm stoned is productive in a sense. And what I mean by that is a big part of writing, uh, especially in the you know narrative space is digesting the ideas and sort of thinking and thinking. And you only actually spend 10% of that time writing. And that gestation period is much more efficient when you're stoned, I think, right? And then also I would say it depends on the kind of weed. Like I'm actually out of sativa weed right now, but my general blend is one-third OG, one-third CBD flower, one-third sativa flower, right? And okay. usually I'm, I'm gifted sativa flour. I don't really seek it out and buy it in bulk or anything like that. I smoke gas, right? Like gas is the thing that I smoke all day. But at night I mix gas, so like OG or sour stuff uh, or uh, birthday cakes or, you know, uh, cookies or things like that. I'll mix with, uh, you know, some hash, bubble hash, things like that. And maybe purple weed if I have purple weed on hand. Again, not something I buy in bulk, but something that I generally like to have around. So yeah, it, it definitely depends on the weed. Uh, I have kind of found my balance. I quit smoking cigarettes about I don't know almost a year ago at this point, and Good for I've taken up. Thank you, thank you. I'm very proud of. it. I smoked for like over 20 years, for <laughs> <was> a long <laughs> yeah. time. And uh, yeah, I uh, drink coffee now and, you know, I, I, I drink cold brew and I make like honey simple syrup and I drink it with oat milk. And the balance between the weed and the coffee, that's a really nice balanced high. And not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I used to mix my weed with tobacco almost every time that I smoked. I smoked spliffs for mm-hmm. many, many years. And at some point I remember being at my place in New York and having weed but not having tobacco and being disappointed that, oh, I only have weed. And I was like, that's fucked up priorities, right? Um, right. And so the, the combination of, of tobacco and weed is nice when you're talking about just the high. The, that augmentation is not worth the smoking of tobacco, which makes you feel like shit in many other ways. Being high is better and cleaner when you don't smoke any tobacco at all. So, for anyone listening who smokes tobacco and weed, your high will be cleaner and, you know, purer in some ways if you don't smoke tobacco, I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely I would recommend everybody just
0: quit tobacco altogether. Yeah. Um, So, in terms of focus, it sort of depends, uh, it sounds like. But on a similar level of focus... um, because you are a creative person, especially in, like, writing, how how does creativity change? This is a huge question when it comes to cannabis. Yeah. People say it makes you more creative. Some people say it doesn't matter. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I, I think that it goes back to those connections. You know, you, you make the connections that wouldn't necessarily be there. Um, and for me, it's, it's, it's just a part of it. And, and it's also, like... I enjoy myself more when I'm smoking weed. When I'm free to smoke weed, right? So, in that, there's a lot of freedom. I think I can definitely, like, you know, like we're saying, it it accentuates your, uh, you know, your thoughts and feelings as as much as it does your senses, right? So it's like if you're focused or if you're enjoying it, like, you know, if I'm sitting here working and I'm like enjoying a script I'm writing, right? Like, I will enjoy it more if I'm stoned. Like, it just consistently happens that way, right? I don't know mm-hmm. how there's all these, like, you know, legendary writers and poets and shit who, like, drank. I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you drink and write? That, that that doesn't sound doable at all to me. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it definitely, like... Yeah, it, it's really hard to say specifically what it does... Like it doesn't make ma- Here's what I'll say. If you are a person that doesn't have good ideas, you can smoke all the weed in the world. It's not going to help you. Right. But if mm-hmm. you if you have ideas and, you know, you have some technical skill for the medium that you're using, it can really propel you forward. I think it, it can really and, and just make the process enjoyable so that when you're done with it, you're not like, oh, fuck, thank God that's done you're like, I can't wait to do the next one, you know, because like, like, I love it. I was just thinking this earlier. I was writing earlier and I I procrastinate all the time, you know, do stuff around the house or whatever. So until noon today, I was just doing shit around the house. But then I sat down to write and I got stoned and I wrote for an hour. Right. And that hour was so much better. Right. Because I've I'm not putting pressure on myself. I'm allowing myself time to chill You know, I could have sat myself down at 9 a.m. and started writing and pushed myself to do it. Right. And it's not going to create the same, uh, you know, the the, the same product. It's it's just not going to be as good. Like, you know, I have to get stoned and enjoy my day and then it comes out easy. You know?
0: Yeah. you, You had gotten the things done beforehand, so you didn't really have that over your head have you have you ever done something written something while high and then looked at it later Hmm. and is it good is it bad is it the same what do you think
1: yeah i mean definitely when i was like young i remember you know like 16 17 i remember visiting my brother at college and being very stoned and trying to like write down what i what i was experiencing and it was like i looked at it later it's just like the dumbest thing you know (laughs) like a drawing it's like a diagram or whatever right. but like uh but later in, in in life i mean i've it's smoking weed is such a regular part of my daily life that it's never you know like if, if i'm writing something it's not I, I don't think it's any different i guess that's really hard to say because i haven't written anything not stoned in like a really long time <laughs> true you know what i mean like so when I look at, um, you know, any of my writing, I mean, it was written when I was stoned and some of it's good. I, I like to think that all of it's pretty good, you know, but right. that some of it's real good, hopefully. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting experiment, you know, maybe to try to write something not stoned and see, you know, is it going to come out better? Is it going to be easier? But if you're so used to doing it one way, then like, you know, and it yeah, works. No, so I, I, no need I, to change.
1: I need to maintain my confidence and, and not start. I, I don't want to go down the road of realizing <laughs> that I'm actually a shitty writer. <laughs> unless I'm
0: stoned. <laughs> I have a feeling if you're doing it uh, as, a, as a, you're living, uh, you're, I think you're probably a good writer. So no worries there. No worries.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, yeah.
0: So how is your memory affected while high? I think that's a big stereotypical mm. thing that people uh, people mention. Oh, you're, you're you you for, you're forgetful. How about it how is it for you?
1: Yeah. So you know what? I mean, we're definitely talking about one of the sacrifices in some ways. Uh, is that my short-term memory is kind of bad sometimes, right? Now, sometimes I remember a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Like I I remember entire movies i mean i'm sure maybe you have the same skill but i can recite all of ace ventura when nature calls from heart right <laughs> but like yeah. you know i i definitely have uh some issues with memory you know my girlfriend will give me shit about it sometimes and <laughs> be like oh like how do you not remember this or that right um so it absolutely has an impact you know, there's a concept called memory extinction. The, the So the guy who first isolated THC, Dr. Rafael Meshulam, who's an Israeli researcher, cannabis pioneer, uh, he studies something called memory extinction, which <clears throat> is the basis for this, uh, you know, uh, cannabis as a treatment for PTSD because it sort of helps you dissociate emotions from your memories. Uh, so, it, like, that is definitely, you know, I... I, I was injured traumatically a couple times, like, you know, when I was in my 20s. And cannabis really helped me uh, with coping with, you know, the, the post-trauma of that. I was diagnosed with PTSD. So, I mean, that is definitely, uh, you know, in some ways it's affected my memory in a trivial way negatively, but in a very substantial way very positively because I don't think I would be the person that I am today, if I didn't regain my confidence after, you know, those instances, and cannabis really helped me do that.
0: That's an amazing story. Um, I honestly don't know if I've ever spoken to anybody directly who has had cannabis help their PTSD. Um, I know that's one of the conditions in Illinois that I think that they did add eventually. I know Illinois was really strict on their Uh, medical, medical conditions. But um, yeah, that's, that's Mm -hmm. a huge one that people really do need help with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I've reported uh, on this topic, I've interviewed veterans and uh, you know, if anyone deserves the right to use cannabis medically, it's veterans, you know, it's people who have voluntarily put themselves in harm's way. Uh, And you know, a lot of veterans say that cannabis helps them with their ptsd more than the psychotropics prescribed to them uh and you know i think the va has sort of eased their approach to you know allowing veterans to use cannabis and especially in in medical legal states so yeah it's a really important issue uh you know veterans should have safe access to cannabis without you know putting themselves at legal risk agreed agreed
0: eventually it will be legalized federally
1: yeah, eventually, for better or for worse, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Are you uh? Are you a fan of music? I I would think it's safe to say you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, big time. I what was a p- music journalist for the first chunk of my writing career, um, and then I I realized that, as Frank Zappa very smartly put it, uh, writing about music is like dancing about architecture, right? <laughs> and it's. It is a uh, like I, I really do love music I mean I grew up on pop radio in Thailand but then also my brother uh, is a big music fan and a musician We played in many different bands over the years We've both like been musicians for since we were kids I mean he, he like played guitar and then taught me to play the drums you know uh, when I was like eight. So and, uh, you know, we uh, he he really facilitated all the grunge music, Seattle uh, grunge music that we were getting in the 90s. And then also hip hop. It was like through him. He got a cassette tape from someone else. We heard Biggie and and Tupac and and Warren G and stuff for the first time. Um, And then when we came to America, it really blew open. And I mean, this is all like when we came to the United States, this is, you know, was definitely we both I think really discovered weed in a big way he had probably smoked some weed in Thailand I would guess he was a high school kid when we were still there um, but you know it, it definitely the access was so much more I, we, we were in Thailand without really like a lot of access there was like a few CD stores you go get bootlegs or whatever uh, but yeah we uh, in the United States I mean I, I would say there's like kind of three piles of You know, uh, three sort of genre sets that we're really into Uh, hip hop, like 90s to early 2000s hip hop, hip hop, like everything from like native tongue stuff uh, all the way to, you know, like Def Jux and the more abstract type of rap music. I rapped for a long time. Me and my brother did, you know, we're in a rap group where he produced I rapped and, you know, we had a live band and stuff. So that was like a big part of it for a long time. Definitely rap music, I mean, is still a huge part of my life. That's like what I listen to a lot of the time. Uh, and then also uh, on the other end of the spectrum, which is more heady and kind of stony perhaps, but like British electronic music from the 90s, the less accessible kind of more esoteric stuff, like what they, what's kind of pretentiously referred to as intelligent dance music, sometimes IDM. Apex Twin, Square Pusher, all that mm-hmm. warp records stuff, Ninja Tune. So that definitely uh, a big part of our, you know, uh music collections dedicated to that. I mean still to this day we're big Luke Vibert fans. Uh, and, and that that really is probably, you know, broadly my favorite kind of music is nineties electronic music and the stuff that those artists have done since then. And then, of course, like there was what I was covering for Vice when I first got to Vice. Uh, I was covering like electronic music, like sort of basement beat music that was being made all over the world on things like Reason and uh, uh, Abled and Live and then uploaded to things like Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Uh, so, yeah, th- that th- there was always a lot of music. And then, of course, I was in a punk band called the Caminas and it's it, it, which is uh quote-unquote muslim punk band or south asian punk band uh and weed was a big part of those days too nice
0: well you just gave me a whole lot of uh, new music that i should probably check out but i guess could (laughs) you could you tell me and this might be too uh we may not have enough time for this answer but um how does weed affect music for you
1: uh yeah i mean it makes it definitely more enjoyable to play i think it makes you take more risks when you're when you're playing uh or just jamming um and also there's this thing of you know uh the way that a lot of people make music nowadays is through uh you know like software and the software is very gamified you know if you if you look at something like ableton i, I used reason for a long time i used ableton now it is like kind of like you're playing a game and, and the same way that you know you can get stoned and more engrossed in a game Now, I'm not a big gamer at all I don't have a game console I haven't had one since the PS2 I think you know but I'm definitely not a, a, a video game person but I can see how getting stoned and getting engrossed in a video game is like that's you know what I'm saying like that that's a really great sort of experience you know and and I feel like to me Producing music is like playing a video game. But when you're done playing that game, you have a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and it's like being stoned. I mean, like, so when I was in college, I made a bunch of mixtapes mashups. I did a Jimi Hendrix and Wu-Tang mashup, which is still up on my Bandcamp page. It's so funny. I listened to it like not too long ago after a long time. And like, you know, that is like man i would just get stoned and cut samples and make beats and oh man that was i loved it that was my life for a minute you know i wanted to be a professional musician um but yeah that sounds know, like a lot of fun yeah 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 it was a good time but i i, I think i'm better at writing than i was at making music perhaps <laughs> well i i um later i'll have to ask you what that band
0: camp Site is because I am now very oh, curious yeah. to hear what you were making.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's blame the kid at Bandcamp or dot Bandcamp which was my uh yeah blame the kid. I used the name the kid or T Kid and like a lot of stuff. It originally was blame the kid, but yeah, that's nice. It.
0: All right, let's see. Well, I'm uh I know your your time is limited, so I'm uh, getting rid of some of these questions. But maybe uh, in the future we can do a part two, and I can get some of these other questions out there. Um, I guess yeah, no just problem. in a general sense, why do you smoke? What's, what's the reason? What mm. makes you decide to do it at a certain time?
1: Right. Hmm. That's, man, these are good questions, Spencer. Thank they're, you. They're, they're really good questions. So why do I smoke? Um, I smoke because I think it enhances my experience of the world. A day when I'm smoking weed is more fun than a day when i'm not smoking weed and also it doesn't have the consequences that quote unquote drugs do right in a lot of ways now i've had plenty of times where i just stopped smoking weed i'm traveling for a week two weeks four weeks sometimes when i was like doing uh documentary shoots abroad like no weed for, for that that time and i was fine I was a little bored. I would say there's no <laughs> withdrawal. I think that, you know, and, and of course, th- there's no physically addictive qualities to cannabis. Uh, you know, it's never killed anyone. I think these are all massive benefits to weed that, that, that a lot of people don't realize, or you know, or don't like have front of mind is that this is an easy drug to make a habit of the same way caffeine is a pretty easy drug. In fact, caffeine withdrawal is harder. If you ever see mm. a person who drinks coffee every morning to sort of get going, not have coffee in the morning. Oh, my God, sure. they're debilitated uh, far more than I am without wheat. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that's in a nutshell, besides all the things, you know, we talked about how how awesome it is. <laughs> those are the reasons that I don't not smoke weed. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's why I smoke.
0: Nice, nice. And then um, my, the last question that I like to ask people is just what What do you want to say to weed, pot, cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to call it? And then the other oh, way to think about nice. that question is if it were going to go
1: away for a while or if
0: you were never going to see it, what would you want it to know?
1: Right. Oh, wow. These are good, man. These are good. So what would I want to say to marijuana? And I mean, I think it's the same thing that I would want to say. To all of the fruits of nature that I benefit from garlic and ginger and cilantro and and all, all the wonderful plants that we're given that were gifted truly that we, we appreciate too rarely uh, is just thank you so much. You know, really, it's like my experience of this world is so much better because of you. Thank you so much. And thanks for healing people And for Showing people Parts of themselves that they might not Otherwise see uh, And for tasting so Fucking good <laughs> Yeah and, and then if I wasn't Going to see it for a while I would say This is going to suck but you know what I hope you're Going to benefit someone else Somewhere you know uh, Instead of me You know what I mean? Keep
0: doing your thing That's very generous of you Um, Well, (laughs) I want to thank you for doing this uh, brief interview I really, really appreciate your time And um, I I hope that my audience enjoyed it as well I hope they all go check out your old band camp I hope they check out all of the projects that you have worked on And then you are working on Especially Great Moments in Weed History uh, and so, yeah, thank you, Abdullah. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if, if I could, uh, could I just say something about great moments in weed history? If you could throw that in there, that'd be great, please. So, yeah, uh, check out my podcast, Great Moments in Weed History, which I co-host with David Bean and stock, who's a longtime cannabis journalist, where we go through some of the more fascinating points in the 12,000-year history of human beings of cannabis, we have stories about Phila Cootie. We have stories about Gertrude Stein. We have stories about the Beatles and Bob Dylan, uh, all types of cultural figures. We've got stories about smuggling. We've got a story about Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Can't forget about Jesus. So, thanks again to Abdullah for this interview. Please go ahead and check out his podcast, Great Moments in Weed History. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I've put those links in the show notes. Well, hopefully, my future self actually did that. So, when I hear this later, that will hopefully remind me. If you are feeling risque, go ahead and give this podcast a review, even if you hate it. You can subscribe... Share it with others who you think might enjoy it. I also have a Patreon because that's how things are done these days. So if you think this is worthy of getting a little bit of your money every month, it's uh, it's like one coffee drink a month, then please go do that. I also have a Google Voice number, so if you want to leave me a message, the number is 917-727-5757. That's a lot of sevens. So that should also be in the show notes. In next week's episode, you will be hearing part one of my interview with Nick from the podcast Out of Trouble.